Hello friends, it is December 4, 2022, and this is episode 4 of Surviving to Thriving with Megan. So something that I thought I would do that would be helpful is go through some of the 13 behavior patterns of abuse that are common um, and kind of tell you what it was like for me and what it's like now. Uh, One of the reasons why I'm doing this and why I'm doing this podcast and why I am reaching out is basically there were people that would have wanted to help me when I was in my abusive marriage. And there were some people that tried and I just wasn't ready to listen. Um, And I'm not saying that, that they didn't have good things to say. They did. They did have good things to say. But part of the problem was that I was uneducated myself as to what was happening. I was a highly educated individual. I had a master's degree, for goodness sakes. And I always kind of had this thought that, well, you know, it could be worse. Or he's not beating me, so surely this isn't abuse, right? And so I would it's like I would tell myself that. I would tell myself, well, he's not beating me. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. But really then when I became to be, when I became more educated on the different systems of abuse and how that worked, I realized that, wow, not only is this not normal, but I don't want my kids to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Uh, I had this, I had this thought that I needed to stay for the kids, right? That, okay, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay for the kids. But then I started learning more about these things and learning more about what their futures would be like if they continued to witness this. And I just knew that I had to find a different way. So the first part that I'm going to, um, or the first type of abuse that I'm going to talk about tonight is verbal abuse. That was verbal, psychological, emotional was the majority of um, what I experienced. But of course, it kind of touches on everything. It's almost like you can't have one without the other. So uh, the first one is verbal. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. One of the markers of verbal abuse is telling the victim how to do everything. That that was so easy. It was so easy for him to do because I had grown up in an environment in which I was told how to do everything. It was easy for me to just follow the rules. I was a rule follower. I was a people pleaser. I was part of a high demand religion that had an answer for everything. It had a way to do everything, a way to think about everything. So telling the victim how to do everything, it wasn't really a far stretch for me. I, you know, it was just kind of a part of life. Uh, cuts victim off in conversation. There was really no, there was no arguing with my ex-husband. It it was pointless to argue. Actually, it was a waste of time because there was only a right way of thinking and a wrong way of thinking. And his way of thinking was the right way of thinking. And so to have a conversation, um, cutting the victim off in conversation was just part of the norm belittles and puts down the victim. Now, this was something that happened in private. It did not happen very much in public. I suppose it did some, but that was part of the problem too, is that in 
in public, it would be, oh, you know, Megan has her master's degree. Megan is so smart. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine how smart Megan is? And she's a teacher and she's a, she is just, she's got her master's degree. She went to all this school and I could just never be as smart as her. But then in private, it was, well, I don't have a sit down job like you. I don't have an easy job like you. I don't have a, I can't just sit around all day like you do and, and call it work. Uh, the next one is forbids victim from talking to others about issues. This was a big thing because we had many fights about how, uh, you know, I just wanted to know if this was normal. I just wanted to know, you know, every couple argues, right? Every, every marriage has, has its issues. And, and then you, you go find somebody to talk about those issues with, like, is this normal? Is this, do you struggle with this too? You know, and the forbidding me from talking to others about the issues, I very, very quickly, I learned not to tell other people our issues. And if I did tell other people our issues, I had to be very, very, um, not sneaky about it, but I had to make sure that he would never, ever find out because it was big trouble if I did. Um, shames, silences, or insults, that was kind of in in private. It wasn't very much in public. Yells, screams, swears, calls, names. If it was a big, big, really big knockout, knockdown, drag out, knockout, drag down, whatever fight if it was a really big fight we'd have the yelling and the screaming and the the name calling but that wasn't until kind of the very end some of the name calling but you know by call calling names that's an interesting one because it wasn't you know at the end there were very uh explicit names then we were the it was bitch and cunt and whore but in the beginning it was well you're just a selfish banker's daughter, or you're just a teacher, or you're just a, you're just being selfish. Or another favorite was, well, you're just an only child, so you can't possibly understand. And I was never as spoiled as you were. So, um, you know, there was a lot of that going on. Demands that the victim keep secrets is the next one. Um, and that's actually the last one on this list before we move into other ones. But keeping secrets was a big thing. Like you couldn't tell anybody, couldn't tell anybody your problems. You couldn't tell anybody the inner workings of your family. You couldn't tell what was going on because, you know, it maintained that that power and that sense of control. Um, so some of the ways that those are different now and some of the ways that I've struggled with those uh, after leaving my abusive marriage and now I am currently remarried to an amazing man who takes very, very good care of me. Um, but the, you know, the top of that list is tells victim how to do everything. I've had such a hard time learning how to make my own decisions and learning how to um, have my own autonomy. That's really been difficult for me. And um, my husband has been very good about saying, hey, how about you make this decision? Even if it's like, oh, I just get decision fatigue because I just have been told how to do everything and I don't want to. I want somebody to tell me, I, I want to not think. I want somebody to tell me, just tell me what to think, tell me what to pick. And, you know, that my support system around me has said, nope 
you got to pick. You have to have your own brain. You have to have your own mind. You have to think for yourself. Um, and it's so incredibly freeing to do that. Overwhelming. Yep. Definitely overwhelming, but it's so freeing, um, to be able to have a conversation and be respected in conversation has been wonderful and amazing and so validating. It's so validating to have a conversation with somebody and for them to not even necessarily agree with your opinion, but just listen and be able to talk and, and, you know, not put me down and not cut me off when I'm, when I'm having a conversation, um, Let's see what else is so, so different. Oh, you know, talking to others. It's, it's no longer a threat to talk to others. And that's what's really nice because if I do have a question or if I do have a gripe and now I feel like it's healthy, it's like that healthy, every marriage has issues, every marriage has, oh my goodness, I, you know, can't stand the way he empties the dishwasher or the way he loads the dishwasher, but I'm not gonna, you know, say anything because I appreciate his help. But, you know, it's not, it's not like I'm looking to find out if these things are normal, um, keeping secrets. It's not really a thing. Yelling is never a thing. Shaming, silencing, or insulting is just never a thing. It's not a part of my life anymore. It's not a part of our marriage and it's not a part of our relationship. So I guess the purpose is to uh, tell you that that's what the verbal abuse was like for me. Um, those are the things, the markers of verbal abuse, telling people how to do everything, cutting them off in conversation, belittling, name calling, shaming, um, forbidding the forbidding people from talking to others, basically that power and control. Again, it's all about the power and control. Um, that's what it was like. And now it is so, so much better. Um, next time I will talk about one of the other behavior patterns of abuse and I will also put a link to the chart that I am referring to in my podcast. I'll put those in the show notes, but thank 